How about it, y'all? You got the Lake Seminole Ramblin's Fishing Report. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Seminole Guide Service. You want to catch your personal best? The guides at Seminole Guide Service can put you on the fish. Check them out today at www.seminoleguideservice.com. Do you have an Alexa? Simply say, hey Alexa, I want to hear the Lake Seminole Ramblin's podcast. And there will be. Thank you all all for the support. And now, let's get on with the show. All right, folks, I have some sad news to share with you this week. Ray Scott, longtime conservationist, outdoorsman, and founder of the Bass Angler Sportsman Society, has passed away at 88. All bass anglers are in raised debt, as he's the founder of tournament fishing and a pioneer for catch and release practices. In 1967, after a fishing trip was cut short due to inclement weather, being stuck in a hotel room watching golf on television, Ray had an idea. Why don't we make bass fishing a professional touring sport? Ray quickly started hunting some anglers for his new trail, and that's when he called down here to Jack Wingate. For those that don't know, Mr. Jack owned Wingish Lunker Lodge, a well-known fish camp on the Flint River side of Lake Seminole. Mr. Jack kept a long log of his regular customers that were within a day's driving distance, and when Mr. Ray asked Jack for some names of the local hammers, he quickly obliged. Ray needed a list of folks that would be interested and capable of fishing his first invitational tournament on Beaver Lake in Arkansas. Of the 106 anglers, 22 of them were provided by Mr. Jack. A few months later in February 1968, Ray held his first official BASS tournament, the Seminole Lunker Invitational at, you guessed it, Wingate's Lunker Lodge. The reason I say it is the first official BASS tournament is BASS was not officially founded until 1968, and my source for this is Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Bass fishing history runs deep at Lake Seminole. Ray and Mr. Jack met with former Governor Marvin Griffin, Max Langston of Pepsi, Director of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation George Bagby, and the Lake Seminole U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Manager Pop Alcorn. They met to convince them that Lake Seminole was the place to have the tournament. Lucky for us, they agreed, and the rest is history. Did y'all realize that Lake Seminole has that kind of history behind it? Ray went on to be an advocate for bass fishing and outdoors in general. After formation of the BASS, Ray and the organization filed over 200 lawsuits against corporations for pollution, a campaign that inspired the creation of the EPA and the Clean Water Act. In 1972, Ray started the catch and release campaign, requiring all competition boats to be equipped with live wells. Before this campaign started, Fish were brought in on stringers with no emphasis on keeping fish alive. Ray believed this would be detrimental to fisheries across the country in the long run and instilled the catch and release ethic into our sport. In 1984, Scott convinced then Vice President George H.W. Bush to help secure passage of the Wallop-Bow Amendment to the Excise Tax Funded Sport Fish Restoration Program. I know that's a mouthful. So basically, he founded an amendment to uh, fund sport fish restoration based on a tax. 
and the fund in recent years has generated more than $350 million for boat access, fish restoration, and other state-run fisheries projects. Ray was also an advocate for safety. He required life jackets to be worn any time the boat was running. He also pushed hard on outboard and boat manufacturers and helped make the kill switch standard equipment on boats. He was a visionary and could see how the sport would evolve, and he knew we would need to be safe in the long run. Ray Scott was listed by Field and Stream magazine as one of 20 people among the names of Teddy Roosevelt, Rachel Carson, and Aldo Leopold, who were the most to influence outdoor sports in the 20th century. Rest easy, sir. We're all in your debt. Thank you for everything you've done. We are finally doing our Lake Seminole Outdoors $25 gift card giveaway. I apologize for the delay on this. Here's what you need to do to enter. You got to head over to Lake Seminole Outdoors Facebook page. Give it a like. Then you got to head to the Lake Seminole Ramblings Facebook page. Give it a like. Then you got to listen to next week's episode. I'm going to give you a secret word. It's going to be somewhere in the podcast. When you hear the secret word, head over to our website, SeminoleFishingReports.com, and you'll see a form for the giveaway. All you got to do, enter your information and the secret word on the form, and you are officially entered. Uh, So next month, middle of June, June 15th, I will do a drawing, and random person will win the $25 gift card. You will be required to pick up your prize in person at Lake Seminole Outdoors. Uh, Some minor rules here. No purchase necessary. It is open to all legal United States residents 18 and plus. I have four of these giveaways we're going to do for the rest of the year. $25. You must pick it up at LSO. So thank you for, for participating in that. That will happen next week. Listen out for the secret word. All right. Water condition report. Flint River, we have our regular stain, 85, 87. Spring Creek is clear, 86, 87. Fish Pond Rain, clear, 86, 87. Chattahoochee River has its regular stain, 85 to 87. All right. Bass report. Bass fishing continues to be good. Uh, Big fish are being caught every day, seems like. Randy Weaver stuck a 10.6 on Friday with a 6.4 following up right after that fish was released. Both fish ate a topwater plug. Reports of multiple anglers sticking a 9-pounder, 7.5, and a handful of 6s. Fish are eating topwater, worms, frogs, and crankbaits. Target grass points near deep water to find that personal best fish that you've been hunting for. Uh, Your typical summer pattern is applying... uh, once the sun starts coming up, you might have to start grinding on a Senko or a Texas rig, but the fish are there and they can be caught. And right now we're going to head over to Ryan Higgins. We're going to bring him on to talk about the tournament results from the weekend, West Side, and a few other ones that are going on. All right, so we had a West Side, the May West Side, uh, this Saturday here on the lake at a big gym. So this is uh, like Seminole we all know. They've got out of the, uh, the post-spawn weird stage right before they go offshore. First place was Hall and Harden. This is a free fish limit. 19.2 pounds. Second place was Stratford, uh, or Stafford and Harrison with 17 and a half pounds on three fish. Third place still was 15.6 with Hambrick and Zorn. 
From third place, three fish still took 15 and a half pounds. There was a Sunday morning wildcat out of the boat basin uh, this morning. Um, took 10.30 way in, three fish. Uh, pretty good little crew showed up for that. Uh, Reed and Grayson Hurd, they won it with a three fish level of 12.6 pounds. They had a 4.8 kicker. Um, Michael and Miles Condor, they got second with 12.3, so it was, they were all over it, but they had big fish at 6.4. Uh, which that's a solid fish on the river. There's a good Rusty Rog and his son. They got third place with 10.8 on three fish, and they just went down. Uh, me and my son had like seven pounds on three. It was a good little event this morning. Um, the Seminole and the Flint River fishing great right now. Like, this is what we're we're used to it being. It was kind of weird there for a while, but it's back. It's ready to go now. Yeah, that's uh, we're talking about a three fish limit, nineteen pounds. That's six and a quarter each. So, and we don't know there could have been a, a eight or nine pounder in there. It really wasn't specified, but they had an eight. It meant they still had two fives with it. Right. I mean, that's a giant sack, regardless. So, uh, yeah. Before we went on air, we were joking. Uh, you I, you told me nineteen pounds. I said, man, that's a tiny sack. And you were like, no, that's a monster sack, Chris. That's three fish. I was like, oh yeah, forget the west side's three fish limits. So, for uh, three fish, nineteen pounds, that is Lake Seminole to the T. And it's funny because a lot of times guys from out of town they'll come here. You know, if they're fishing MLFs or uh, you know smaller club tournaments, and they'll stop me at the gas station or at gyms or somewhere and ask me, what do you think it's going to take to win? And every time I say twenty five pounds, what it takes to win for five fish out here and uh for three fish to be 19 that is man but yeah you were right uh fishing the big fish weren't really biting that well for uh last week i mean there were some being caught but it wasn't like it, it usually is where you're catching you're having a slaunch fest you know you're catching them all the time so it's good to know that they're back um and you know my my mentor randy he caught a 10-2 and then uh no excuse me it was a 10-6 and then a 6-4 like next cast um so that tells you right there randy <laughs> yeah that's randy i mean you know he's the man uh, yeah i had one buddy that i won't call out um who it was but he sent me a picture this morning holding a pair of sevens one in each hand oh yeah wolf pack fish yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah that's what he said um if i had to take a guess i can't swear to it but i bet he's catching them off a of brim bed this morning like in his picture having two of them that big right there yeah it's that time it wouldn't Easy to remember that these brim bands aren't just good for brim. They're giants to live around them things. Oh, yeah. It's just like I, we talked about during the bass pond. A, a bed is an ecosystem. It holds uh, just because it's a, whatever species it is, if it's bass, if it's brim, if it's, you know, even the, the bowfin will get up there to tilapia. All those beds are perfect ecosystems, and uh, they're going to be there. And, of course, the bass, the big ones, love creeping up on the brim beds because they're at their most vulnerable state and it's just easy pickings so we talk about that a lot guys I always target these brim beds especially when the summertime's here throw your frog work it real slow um and you'll get bit on them and um it's just some of the biggest fish in the area uh, at least a seven will be cruising around just about guaranteed yeah, there's, there's giants up there it's also a good place too if you're in a tournament you just need to get a bite Go find the brim bed, throw a stinko up there, and you're going to catch fish off it, more than likely. I mean, there's, there's big ones, little ones, but there's always bass around a brim bed. So next time you're sitting there drowning worms, 
Cut that frog and throw it out there and see what happens. I catch big fish in your life. Right. Yeah, people have this misconception that uh, they have to go to the certain area. Now, they're going to hang around where the food is. I mean, they're, they're a, a apex predator, just like a lion or a tiger. They're going to hang around the food, just like lion and tiger hangs around where the hyenas go. I mean, it's, it's, it's nature. It's the same thing with fishing. You know, it's old Doug Hannon trick that, you know, people need to study some of that a little bit more and understand how the fish thinks. You know, there's no reason for him to go anywhere. There's no reason for you to run 50 miles looking for a ledge fish. It's got everything he needs right there. You know, of course, there are ledge fish, but that's just the point we're trying to make with the brim beds is don't overlook them and fish them because it's perfect opportunity for the fish to not have to go anywhere. He'll be there all day. If he's not right there, he's going to be, you know, 20 yards away. He'll be right around the area. I went fishing Thursday with our buddy Bubba Baker from the Florida side of the lake. And uh, Bubba was whacking them at 1.30 in the afternoon on a prop bait, 15 foot of water. I mean, they'll come up and eat that top water plug all day long. They don't care. Yeah, I catch them. Uh, I love catching them 1 o'clock in the afternoon, high skies. I mean, I catch them like that in the creek. It's a very, you know, so I fished a, uh, I fished a super tournament practice with a guy in 2019. And I was throwing a torpedo. And this was on Lake Hartwell. And he said, why are you throwing that topwater plug during the middle of the day? My granddaddy always taught me that, you know, fish don't have eyelids, so they're not going to hit topwater in the middle of the day because the sun hurts their eyes. And it's the silliest thing in the whole world because, you know, just like Doug Hannon says, we're, we're hum- humans need eyelids because we don't live in the water. And their purpose is to keep our eyes moisturized. Fish doesn't need that. It has nothing to do with them hitting a topwater plug is if they don't have eyelids. You know, their eyes are moisturized all the time. They don't close their eyes. They don't care what time of day it is. They're going to hit that topwater plug. doesn't matter. And, of course, I proved him wrong that day. He got to see me catch about eight fish on that topwater plug at about 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And same thing goes in a tournament. I've, I can't tell you how many times that I caught my limit 10 minutes before the tournament was over on a topwater plug at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The biggest fish I've Ever personally witnessed caught off Seminole, a little over 11 pounds. I did not catch it, but I was pre fishing for uh, a BFL here back. Shoot, I was in high school, probably year graduated, probably on 08. But it was quite a while ago. But pre fishing the creek was a local hammer, Benny Hat, and uh, he was throwing a popping frog down on outside weed line. This is in September, and uh, right on the old creek channel there in front of Seely's. Everybody knows where the spot is. But one thirty in the afternoon, pre-fishing, throwing that frog down it, and damn giant came up and ate that thing. He caught her. She was like 11, 6, 11, 8, something like that. Mm. And he told me then, he said, the biggest fish I've ever caught have always been during the middle of the day, and a lot of them have been on topwater in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a huge advocate for topwater during the middle of the day. Yeah, you throw that thing Rain, shine, sleet, snow, February. Oh, well, especially here because they'll eat it all year. <laughs> as soon as that water temp hits about 56, I'm throwing the thing. People look at me like I'm insane. But, I mean, I get a lot of customers uh, that, you know, have never caught frogfish and stuff like that. And uh, I'll wait until 11 o'clock to move to my frog areas. And they're like, why do you wait so late? I said, I like to have the sun directly on top of the mats, make them good and warm and they get in that stuff and they they'll crush it because they can see it too, um, and they start catching them and they're like, "Wow, I've never done this before. Didn't know, didn't even know that fish would eat top water in the middle of the day." <laughs> so, yep, common misconception. I love blowing that completely out of the water. They will eat it 
all times of the day. It don't matter. And I've caught them in a snowstorm on it, and I've caught them in the hottest part of the day on it. It doesn't matter. I watched, um, I don't remember what it was. One of the classics was one one time, though, on a buzz bait um, in like March in a snowstorm. Um, <laughs> and now, granted, yeah. this fish had been spawning all week. It was in Louisiana. I don't remember which one it was. This fish had been spawning all week, and that snowstorm came in overnight. And he caught him on the boat right that week, and that water hadn't cooled off that fast. They were still eating it. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's something Randy's always said. It once they get hard and heavy on it, it takes a lot to move them back off. You know, it would take something real drastic once they've got in the throes of it. Now, that's just uh, <laughs> that's got to be something that's kind of trippy. You're out there, they've been spawning, and then all of a sudden, here comes a snowstorm, and you're whacking them on a buzz bait. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I have to uh, Google who that was. It may not have been Louisiana, but somewhere in the south. Yeah, that sounds like a wild day. We definitely had a day like that out at Hartwell. We had we had five inches of snow in the boat, and it came on, came in us like, no, it wasn't at Hartwell, excuse me, it was a Kiwi. And it was just insane. <laughs> and don't don't care to ever do that again. But um, so don't we have a uh, we got a gambler tournament coming up, don't we? Uh, the first weekend in June coming up is a gambler event, um, free entrance. Uh, so you don't have to pay anything to get in. It's a partner event. Uh, the kicker is you have to use gambler products. I mean, they're plastics or they're jigs or. Anything directly made by Gambler. Um, you can't have anything else in the boat um, besides their product. But it's a $1,000 guaranteed payout, and you didn't have to pay anything to get in. All you got to do is use some of their bait. Oh, yeah. That's free. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the um, that's the first weekend in June. Uh, let me look. Yeah, it's June 4th out of Big Gems. June 4th. And Chuck is running that up. Um, give him a shout or go sign up that morning or go to the Gambler page is how i signed me and chris up so we'll be there um we may even make a podcast about it i'm sure we will yeah i believe it's it's gambler-bang.com we'll sign you up for that and uh that's that's gonna be pretty cool um i love anything free i don't care about taking stuff out of my boat won't take that won't take that long to get all the stuff out and uh we'll throw a bunch of gambler worms in there and June fourth is perfect time to throw big worms, and Gambler makes a really good big worm. So, sounds like a win-win to me. Yep, we may even get some cash out of it. Oh yeah. All right. Well, it looks like I'm getting uh, kind of input here. We're just gonna kind of wing this because it's just coming in through Facebook. But it looks like there was an ABA Solo Championship out of Sneeds. Um, Bowen Brown was fishing that, and um, he had 45 pounds for two days, which is really good um five for 26 and a half pounds today and he won angler of the year so congratulations uh bowen brown for that that is awesome talking to clint right now 17 or 18 years old he's a senior in high school out there whipping up on a grown man on that aba uh and that aba solo is nothing to to blink at i mean there, there's some sticks in that thing Oh, yeah, especially out here at Seminole and I have five for 26 and a half pounds. And that just goes right back to what we were talking about earlier. I tell these folks, you've got to have 25 pounds to win. And he had five for 26 and a half. So uh, there there you go. Keep your eyes on him. He's going to bring, he, he's going to, they're going to tell him what he's going to do with this stuff. That's right. Yeah, him and, um, 
Him and Flint Davis are the two to look out for. A big congratulations to Flint Davis for finishing third. Yeah, Flint finished third in the Toyota down of the Harris chain this weekend. Yeah, yeah that was a good one, too. Another relatively yeah. local camera down here. Uh, yeah, he's he's from Leesburg area. Yep, so congratulations to him, too. So we, we got two. Um, well, we have a lot of phenomenal anglers down here. Let, let's not even joke. Uh, but these two young boys, uh, they're really making some waves. And I know Brad's boy, um, Brad Reynolds' boy, is, is a hammer as well. He's doing, yeah, Caleb, he's doing very well also. Yeah, Caleb's a hammer himself. Um, him and his cousin Hayden, Lance's boy, which is Brad, Brad's brother, they uh, they won the Tuesday nighter last week um, with right at 15 pounds. One of those is an 8-4. Yeah. That's just, yeah, we're going to start seeing those Tuesday night weights just go up and up and up. Uh, and I'm not meaning to leave any of the local guys out that are, you know, young guys. We all know uh, you guys are hammers. We just, this Dude, is just. so many good this, fishermen yeah. around. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with everybody. I mean, we had a, a 48-hour heads up on a Sunday morning event this morning. You got people showing up, like I said, catching 13 pounds on four fish on a 10-mile stretch of the Point River just at last minute. Right. Yeah, just playing around, you know, having a fun little Sunday tournament. So, yep, that's uh, that's awesome. So, uh, well, Ryan, again, thank you for coming on. Thanks for taking your time on Sunday evening to, come, to break away from your family and give us a tournament update. And um, we'll hear from you again next week. All right, buddy. It was good to talk to you. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. See you. 10-4. Thank you, bud. All right, appreciate that, Ryan. Now we're going to go to our crappy speckled perch report. Crappy fishing continues strong this week, y'all. Anglers reporting limits all over the lake. Big slabs can be caught using minnows or jigs. Typical crappy fishing for out here. Best speck bite reported right now is on the Flint River. It is not uncommon for two-pound slabs to be caught. Uh, so if you like to speck fish, bite is still real good. Come on out and get bit. All right, brim report for y'all. Bluegill and shellcracker continue to bed, and they will continue into the summer months. We will see more activity uh, around the moons. we got a new moon upcoming on May 30th, so a few days. Uh, so if you like to brim fish, go ahead and plan around the new moon. There have been some spectacular limits caught and some really good size to the shellcracker and the bluegills this year. Uh, they're, caught, they're catching them at all kinds of depths shallow uh down to eight foot i had one angler last week tell me he caught them at eight foot so uh they're bedding and they're big so come on down if you like to brim fish uh, just letting everybody know we have a copy of this podcast available on our youtube channel so head over there if you like youtube give us a subscribe that would really help us out we do have plans to eventually offer this podcast in a video format in the near future so giving us a subscribe over there would uh, help us out in the long run we're also available on spotify Google Play, and Apple Podcast. So depending on your preference for receiving this podcast, head over to one of those outlets and uh, give us a subscribe and a five-star rating and maybe a comment if it allows you to do so. We appreciate the support we're getting. And if you can just do that for us, help us out. It will help us reach more people and tell them about the awesome things going on down here at Lake Seminole. You've been listening to the Lake Seminole Ramblings Fishing Report. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Thanks for listening. Make sure to head over to our website, www.seminolefishingreports.com, and over there you'll find a written copy of this report, as well as a guide on how to run the lake if it's your first time, and more. And hey, while you're over there, check out our friends, 
Treasy Cuts Tree Service, Grassy Cuts Lawn and Landscape, Lake Seminole Outdoors, Extreme Tent and Detailing, B3 Property Management, Spring Creek Park Resort, Addie's Campground and Marina, and Seminole Guide Service. Again, thank you all so much. We intend to bring way more ramblings for y'all in the near future. So stay tuned till next week, and we'll see y'all later.